The bowl games have wrapped. The season is over. LSU is the national champions, and a decade of college football comes to a close. We'll look back at the national championship game, the bowl games, the season, and the decade. Let's get into it. Hey, it was BYOG. Bring your own guts. Fourth and five, the national championship on the line. Got the big man. I think Notre Dame got it right there. What's up, everybody? Michael Kirkering here. Let's Talk College Football Podcast, the final episode of the season. Yes, this is a seasonal show. This will be the last episode until summer rolls around. We might might do an episode uh, on signing day, talk about some recruiting. But as far as weekly, um, multiple episodes a week, you know, that that's I only do that during the season. So got a lot of other stuff going on. Almost didn't even do this episode. Was feeling lazy. Um, when football season comes to an end, I start to like really shift gears into my other way of life, which is, uh, you know, videography. I'm a videographer. I do a lot of travel, you know, adventuring, getting into my action sports. Used to be snowboarding when I was out in Oregon, obviously no mountains here in Florida, but skydiving, different, you know, stuff like that. So really looking into that stuff, planning some trips with my fiance, all that type of stuff. But I owed this to you guys because people actually listen to this podcast. You know, the last couple episodes between SoundCloud and uh, iTunes have been averaging almost 200, 250 listens. So that means there's people out there that care, which is awesome. Appreciate it. And let's get into the season. Uh, First things first, 2019, really good college football season. Um, Now, people go different ways on what makes a good season Right, obviously, a lot of it centers around like the playoff, the national championship race. For me specifically, it's basically yes, the playoff, the national championship race, but also you know the New Year's Six race. I think those games are just as important as you know the semifinals, national championship. Maybe not quite as important. Obviously, they're not. But to me personally, as a college football fan, it's always going to matter to me who's winning and playing in the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, you know, Fiesta Bowl, regardless of if those are semifinals or not. Um, you guys know, obviously, big FSU fan, went to Florida State my first two years, but I'm also a University of Oregon alum. So my fiance and I flew to LA. We went to the Rose Bowl. This is my third time being in that venue. Obviously, the first two times were the Florida State National Championship game, which was incredible, the, the Rose Bowl semifinal between Florida State and Oregon. Uh, but this was my first true Rose Bowl being, you know, the classic Pac-12, Big Ten matchup, Oregon-Wisconsin, and what a game it was. It was phenomenal. went with my best friend from college who I went to Oregon and Florida State with, actually. Um, he works at Disney now, so we stayed at his place with him and his girlfriend, uh, spent New Year's Eve in in Burbank, and then went to the Rose Bowl the next day. It was, it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, probably one of the top five, definitely top ten games I've been to Personally, I've had the opportunity to go to, to some great college football games over the years. Um, 
So that was that was awesome. It was a great Rose Bowl. Um, and even if you weren't there, anyone that watched on TV knows like that, that was just a great Rose Bowl, great game. The New Year's Six were pretty good this year. Obviously, the Rose Bowl probably takes the cake as the best get. Um, then I think the semifinal between Clemson and Ohio State, the Fiesta Bowl was phenomenal. Yes, there was some controversy, controversy, but um, it was a great game. Uh, the Peach Bowl was, you know, blowout LSU just doing what they do, right? Sugar Bowl was pretty decent, you know, Georgia and Baylor. I was surprised at how many people weren't at that game. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, it's the Sugar Bowl. I don't know if it was, you know, Georgia was in that game last year, so their fans were over it, and it was like the second year in a row that Georgia was settling for the Sugar Bowl when they had bigger aspirations, right? You know, last year and this year, Georgia goes into the SEC championship game with a chance to make the playoff. Both times they lose, they end up in the Sugar Bowl. Um, the Orange Bowl, I thought, was really good, especially early on. Uh, Virginia showed up, gave Florida kind of a game. Um, and then Florida fans, you know, they're excited. That's their second New Year's Six Bowl in a row as as they continue to climb and come up. Um, and then, of course, the National Championship game. It, it was a good game. It wasn't one of the top games of the decade. It didn't come down to the wire. But it wasn't like an unwatchable blowout by any means. You know, the beginning of the game, Clemson was on top, right? I think 17-7 to at one point. Um, LSU comes back, end up winning 49-25. to Just a great, great game. And... Before we go any further, let's talk about that game and just the things that piss me off, you know, every year. These games are not referendums on entire teams, you know. So LSU, in a way, you know, they ran away from it. They beat Clemson pretty good. That does not mean that LSU is so much better than Clemson that they're just, you know, I said the same thing last year when Clemson blew out Bama. I said, hey, you got two juggernaut programs when juggernaut programs play if they were to play 10 times you're probably going to get four five six close games that go either way and then you've got chances based on the night based on the matchups based on what's going on in in people's lives and what what they ate that day how they're feeling you've got a chance for a couple blowouts in either direction right if we look back on this decade right 2010 to 2019 we've had a lot of great national championship games the only one that i look at as a true blowout victory would be 2012 alabama versus notre dame when you watch that game alabama's not blowing notre dame out by any luck they're not really out coaching them necessarily they're just flat out that much better all of their athletes are far superior to all of the Notre Dame athletes. And that's the one game where nine out of 10 times Alabama's winning, right? And probably six or seven of them are blowouts. And in a 10 game series, Notre Dame might pull one of those off, right? They get really lucky, right? That, that's what it would have taken. All the other national championship games this decade, first of all, a lot of them have been extremely close and we've gotten that epic matchup, right? Um, and then we've had a couple games that, that were a little bit lopsided one way, right? Um, Ohio State-Oregon, that game ended kind of similar to this one, right? It was close, but one team just kind of pulls away and shows that they're clearly better by the time the fourth quarter ends, right? Now, in 2014, just like here in 2019 and even in 2018, the team that kind of got blown out, there are scenarios where they could have won that game. It wasn't like they were just vastly inferior to the opponent. Right now, you look at when LSU played Oklahoma. You look, you were looking at a team that just looked vastly superior to that Oklahoma team, right? But in the national championship game, even though the score kind of ended up lopsided, that's not the vibe I got from that game, 
And I said the same thing last year when Clemson blew out Alabama. I was like, this is not some referendum on Alabama. This isn't the end of the dynasty. This isn't Clemson being way better than Alabama. It was just on that particular night, Clemson was playing way better than Alabama. Um, back on the 13th, LSU, especially in the second half, was just playing a lot better than Clemson. You know, Trevor Lawrence did not have the best game. Um, and before I get into Trevor Lawrence, right, it's like people think he played terribly and he didn't play great, but it wasn't all on him, right? His receivers were not separating, right? So his defensive backs were dropping interceptions. You had a couple bad luck things happen, right? So that's just college football, guys. We need to stop this motion and get away from the idea that like, I'm watching this game super close and everything's a referendum, right? It's like Florida Gator fans being disappointed or disgusted that they didn't just wipe the floor with Virginia, okay? It's college football. Yes, Florida, talent-wise, even coaching-wise, I would argue, is a lot better than Virginia, and that game probably could have had a better, bigger lopsided score, but you only get one game. It's not, it's not a seven-game series. You get one bowl game, and of course, Virginia is in a New Year's Six Bowl. They're losing their minds. You know, they're in a giant football game. They're going to give you everything they've got. And they're not scrubs, okay? They made it to the Orange Bowl. The ACC has a bad rep, but Virginia was a decent football team, and they played for Florida pretty close that night, okay? Um, it's like the people that go, oh, Kyle Trask played LSU tougher um, than Clemson did, so he must be better than Trevor Lawrence. Like, no, guys, only idiots think like that. Like, literally only an idiot would think that. I still think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Okay, not that night. And this season, Joe Burrow was better than Trevor Lawrence. But I can tell you right now, if both of them were draft eligible, I really think Lawrence would end up going number one over Burrow. There's a lot of talk. Here's my prediction, actually. I think Herbert, Justin Herbert from Oregon, when it's all said and done, when the combines are over and all that stuff, I think he becomes the number one quarterback choice over Burrow, over Tua, especially with Tua's injury. That's just the way the NFL works. The NFL cares way more about do you have the body structure? Do you have that cannon arm? And they rely on themselves to teach you the intangibles. Now, Burrow is kind of the opposite, right? I mean, obviously, Burrow has a great arm. He's extremely accurate. It's insane. But he has the thing that people think they can teach you later, right? He already has that. He's gifted. He's super smart. He he makes all these crazy reads across the field. He does all that. Um, but quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, like Justin Herbert have that body. They have those some of those natural intangibles that you want your quarterback to have. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong on like who who they would pick, but I'm just saying my prediction. I think Herbert's going to end up going over um, Burrow, and I think that if Lawrence was eligible this year, he'd be the number one pick, at least the number one quarterback. So we got to stop with these referendums on players and on teams, right? Clemson was great this year. Not maybe not quite as good as they were last year, but for the last since 2015, from 2015 to 2019, Clemson had great football teams. Maybe yeah, 16 was a little better than than this year. Last year, 18 was you know like whatever. But 17 team didn't actually make the national title. But all those teams were extremely good. When you're extremely good, you have chances to make the playoff, make the national championship game. And sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't, right? 2015, Clemson gets the national title. They fall short. 2016, they get to the national title. Uh, they win against the same team. 2017, they make the semifinal, fall short in the semifinal. 2018, win the national title again. 2019, they get back to the title game, and they lose this time, right? So 
Clemson just had a really good team for the last half of this decade. And yeah, results matter as far as who we're going to crown, but the reality is, is every one of those Clemson, Clemson teams could have won a national championship or could have lost one. And we only get those one-game series, right? The 2017 Clemson team could have won the national title instead of lost to Alabama, just like the 2018 Clemson team could have lost in a semi or could have lost a national title. That's just that's how college football works. So before the game, the national title game happened, I tweeted out, um, this is from the Let's Talk College Football page, my Twitter page, I tweeted out my top nine national championship games of the decade. And I will say after this game was played, my top five definitely didn't change. So going into this national championship game, in my opinion, the, the best national championship game of the decade so far was 2016 Clemson over Bama, where Renfro catches the, the game winner in the last couple seconds. Back and forth game, Deshaun Watson, crazy awesome game. Number two, I had Bama over Georgia, right? One of the first national championships since 2002 to actually go to overtime, right? Tua takes a big sack. You think Bama's in big trouble. Then he throws the bomb, the touchdown. They knock off, you know, walk off touchdown to beat Georgia. Epic game. Number three, I have FSU over Auburn because, again, you had your classic. For one, it was at the Rose Bowl, which honestly just carries extra weight for those national title games. And you had a quarterback lead his team down the field, score a game-winning touchdown with 17 seconds left. That game was back and forth. Florida State was down 21-3 to at one point. Had to make a comeback. Classic finish. Epic game. And then number four, I had 2015 Bama over Clemson. That game was really back and forth, right? You had the epic onside kick by Saban to steal a possession. You had Kenyon Drake's kick return, which was just epic. Two big kick returns in the national championship games this decade, right? Uh, the first one, Florida State ran that kickback Kermit Whitfield against Auburn. Florida State does not win that national title probably without that play. And being in the stadium when that happened, I mean, that was just, that was electric. That was insane, right? I've told that story before where... You know, I'm there with my mom, my dad, and everybody, and, like, my mom ended up, like, four rows in front of us. I don't even, like, people were just going nuts, right? And then in 2015, Kenyon Drake's kick return against Clemson. I mean, that really sealed the deal for them, too. I don't think they win that game without that play. That was just incredible. Um, number five national title game of the decade, I had Auburn over Oregon. Because, again, back and forth game, Auburn ties the game, or Oregon ties the game 1919 with barely over a minute left. Then Auburn goes down the field. You had that crazy Michael Dyer play where he's down, but he's not down, runs it down. Then Auburn ends up kicking a field goal, a chip shot field goal to win the game in the last seconds, right? Now, these rest of the games, somewhere here is where I'm going to fit this national title game. Because at six, I had the 14 Ohio State-Oregon game. I had number seven, the 11 Bama over LSU game. And then your two kind of blowouts here at the end. You know, I had 18 Clemson over Bama and then 2012 Bama over Notre Dame. Now, Bama over Notre Dame is definitely number 10 at this point. I think you can move 18 Clemson over Bama to number nine. I would move Bama over LSU in 11 to 8, I guess. I, I think I'm going to end up putting this year, 2019, at number 6. So basically, after number 5, which is Auburn over Oregon, now at number 6, I'm going to be putting in 2019, LSU over Clemson, followed by Ohio State over Oregon, Bama over LSU in 11, then the two you know bigger blowouts, you know 2018, Clemson over Bama, and then, of course, number 10, like I said, 2012, Bama over Notre Dame. Now, if you look at that, 
We only had one true ridiculous blowout. That was 2012 when Alabama was just way better than Notre Dame in every way. And there was probably nothing Notre Dame could have done outside of miracles and crazy luck to have won that game versus Bama in 2012. Okay, 18, like I said, yeah, Clemson ended up blowing out Bama on the scoreboard. But you know if those teams played 10 times, Bama could have won a fair amount of those games. Those were two very good teams in 2018. So, okay, then my new number eight, Bama over LSU in 11, right? That game was, I think, for most fans, really boring to watch. And some of you might even have that game at number 10, just due to the fact that it was field goals and boring. But for me, no, that game is way more fun to watch than the other two blowouts because it was more competitive. It was the rematch, right? And it, it was just a good game. And I love defensive games. So the defense in that game by Alabama and even LSU, you know, they're only giving up field goals, but they're giving up a lot of them. You know, they're down 15 to nothing at one point, and it felt like 35 to nothing, just the way that game was going. Uh, I don't think Alabama let LSU across the 50-yard line, like, until the fourth quarter, and they held them scoreless. Um, my new number seven, right, 2014, Ohio State-Oregon. This was a pretty good game, right? It was close in the beginning, and as often happens in football games, someone pulls away at the end. Not every game, unfortunately, can go down to the last couple seconds. But we basically had five national championship games this decade that did come down to at least the final minute, right? 2010, like I said, the Auburn over Oregon. 2015, when Bama beat Clemson. 2013, when Florida State beat Auburn, right? 2017, the Bama over Georgia. And 2016, uh, Clemson over Bama. Now, th those all five of those games, it, minus Bama and 15 over Clemson, that didn't come down to like the final play. No one scored on the last second. Right, But that game was very epic down to the final minutes of the fourth quarter. The other four games, literally, touchdowns or a field goal in the final seconds of the game won the game. Right In 2016, Clemson beats Bama. They scored with like two seconds left. Hunter Renfro, the, the walk-off go-ahead touchdown. The overtime game, Bama versus Georgia, literally the last play of the game right to beat Georgia. Um, Tua throws that bomb to Devontae Smith. They win. Florida State, Jameis Winston throws a touchdown pass to Kelvin Benjamin with six, like 13 seconds left by the time the touchdown is scored to take the lead over Auburn. And then Auburn scores a field goal with no time left to beat Oregon. So in a decade's time, the fact that we had five incredible national championship games and then two or three watchable really good games and really only had one, maybe two really boring blowout national championships, that's, it was a great decade for national championship games. And think of all the great New Year's Six games we have. Think, what a decade for the Rose Bowl, guys. Like, the, the one I just went to was phenomenal, but I don't even know if that can take the crown, right? 2016, that USC-Penn State Rose Bowl, right? Go early in the decade when you had Wisconsin in there against TCU. It was a phenomenal game. Wisconsin-Oregon in 2011, right, with Russell Wilson and Monte... Monte Ball and those guys, that was an incredible Rose Bowl, right? You had the Michigan State-Stanford game was epic. You know, your classic grinded-out Rose Bowl, right? You, you had a lot of great games. There were some good Orange Bowls. Specifically, obviously, I remember, you know, when Florida State beat Michigan in the final minutes, right? There, we had a lot. I mean, I'm leaving a ton out there, but there was a lot of New Year's Six Bowls that were incredible this decade. Think of all the bowl busters that got in, right? Boise State made their return. You had UCF make the New Year's Six three times. Remember, they made the Fiesta Bowl in 2013. They actually beat Baylor that year, right? And then, uh, obviously, they beat Auburn in 17, the Peach Bowl. They played a good game against LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. So if you're UCF, 
this decade, you went to three New Year's Six games. You won two of them, and that's phenomenal. What a decade for UCF football, right? If you want to talk about programs that kind of were coming up, right, that weren't established programs prior to this decade, look at the Oregon Ducks, guys, my alma mater, right? Oregon is kind of that middling tier program for forever, you know, finally this decade, they take that next leap. Oregon made it to two national championship games this decade. They didn't win them, but that's phenomenal, right? They went to a Fiesta Bowl. They went to, I think, two Rose Bowls, right? Uh, three Rose Bowls, right? And one of them was a playoff game, right? And, and Oregon won all the, all those Rose Bowls, right? After losing the Rose Bowl in 2009 to Ohio State, coming into the next decade, right? 2010, Oregon plays for a national championship game. 2011, they go to the Rose Bowl, they win. 2012, they go to the Fiesta Bowl, they win, right? 2014, make the Rose Bowl, but it's it's a college football playoff game, they win. Go to a national championship game, right? They come up short. And then, you know, come down the line later in the decade, they make it to the Rose Bowl again in 2019, and they win against Wisconsin. And they've had phenomenal players this decade. Like, it was a big decade for Oregon. Let's look at Baylor. Baylor was a nothing program forever, as long as I can remember. 2011, RG3 wins the Heisman, puts them on the map, right? 2013, they make a, a Fiesta Bowl. 2014, they make it to, I believe, the Cotton Bowl, where they came up short to Michigan State, was an epic game. They had a good season in 15, right? Then they go on their probation. You think Baylor's done for the decade. They go 1-11 a couple years ago. Matt Rule comes in. They go to a Sugar Bowl this year, right? They, they were a 10-2 or 11-2 regular season team. I mean, wow, what a comeback by Baylor. So you had a couple programs really come on strong this decade, TCU being one of them, right? TCU in 2010, they're not even in a Power 5 conference. They make the Rose Bowl. They knock off Wisconsin as a bowl buster, right? Then they join the Big 12. 2014, they make the Peach Bowl. They destroy, absolutely destroy a good old Miss team. Um... So you had some programs really take some steps forward. Obviously, the decade is mostly remembered for what Alabama did, right? They won four national titles, right? They won 2011. They won 2012. They won 2015. They lost the championship in 16. They won again in 17, right? And they played again in 18. So almost every national title game had Alabama in it. They win four of them. They lose two of them. Clemson had a great run this decade, too, but it's just completely overshadowed by the amazing run that Alabama had. I mean, just absolutely incredible run that Alabama had going to this game. So, what a decade, right? What a decade. And what I also do like about LSU winning this national championship is this was only the second time this decade that you kind of had what people would consider a one-off coach winning the national championship now coach O might end up being a great coach and win more national championships but as of right now he's kind of like Gene Chizik right Gene Chizik just won his national championship with Auburn he had a disaster afterwards right Auburn fell off a cliff and obviously resulted in his firing but kind of just like not a big name coach right where all the other coaches that won national titles this decade you're talking obviously Nick Saban with his four Dabo Sweeney, yeah, when Dabo won his first one, he wasn't necessarily one of those names, but now Dabo's considered by most the best or second best coach in the country, right? Urban Meyer won one with Ohio State, and then Jimbo Fisher. Now, maybe going into that game, Jimbo Fisher wasn't what he was, but Jimbo Fisher ended up being a guy that 
got a $75 million contract, right? And he's from the Saban tree and he's always been like kind of highly thought of. So it was a decade where big time coaches won national championships. And now you got a guy like Coach Owen won. Yeah, Gene Chizik won one early in the decade. So it's kind of good to see that, right? It it gives hope to teams to know, hey, you don't need to have Nick Saban or Urban Meyer to win a national championship. You can have seasons like this. You can do what LSU just did, right? You can hire great coordinators and have a good roster and have a season like that. Yeah, you probably need a Nick Saban to have a sustained dynasty, right? Like, I honestly don't see LSU coming back next year. I know they have great recruiting, but they're losing a ton of talent. They're losing their defensive coordinator. They're losing their passing game coordinator, that Joe Brady guy that really helped take Joe Burrow to this next level with this offense. But that's better for college football, right? I don't, I'm not a fan of dynasties. Obviously, I want my team, right? If Florida State won 25 straight national titles, I'd be all for that as a Florida State fan. But as a college football fan, honestly, who would be mad at a decade where you actually had 10 different national champions, 10 different programs winning championships in one decade? That that would be pretty cool, I think. I think that'd be better for the sport. So it, that's what I like about LSU, right? Even though LSU is a big-time program, right? They have the ability to be a dynasty, this year felt like that 2010 Auburn team, right? This is just a really good SEC program that this year is having a phenomenal season, right? Florida State, when they won their title, was similar too, right? I mean, Florida State did turn into a big program there for about a three, four-year stretch. They only got the one title out of it though, though, right? 2013, they're a national champion, best team, one of the best teams we've seen, surrounded by, you know, a couple Orange Bowl New Year's Six wins, 10 win seasons around it. Obviously, they had the playoff berth where they lost Oregon, but... And then Clemson is kind of doing what, what Bama was doing, right? Like, they've gone to the playoff like five straight years now. They've played in three national titles, four national title games this decade, right? And they've won, they won two of them. And then they had another year where they made the playoffs and lost in the semis. So, it, college football is turning into these dynasties. And, and dynasties are good for the sport in a certain way, obviously. But I think college football would be better if we could get to a point where we got different teams making the playoff every year. We got different team winning the national championship every year and, and repeating is super difficult, right? You go back to the decade before, you did have a couple multiple champions, right? You had Florida win two national titles. They won in 06 and 08, but those felt like two completely different teams. Same coach, different teams, right? A Chris Leak-led team. Then you had the Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin team with a great defense, right? I know USC fans claim they won two national titles in the last decade, but they didn't. They only won one. Okay, your AP poll 2003 national championship does not count. Okay, that's always been a pet peeve of mine. But USC won the championship in 2004. They went back to the game in 05, but of course that's when we had the classic game with Texas knocking them off. And then LSU obviously wins two championships in the last decade, right? They won in 2003 with Saban. They won in 2007 with Les Miles. So, but this decade felt, you know, even more. It was... It was the Bama-Clemson decade. When you really sum it down, that's what it'll kind of be remembered for overall, right? You had some teams make multiple appearances, right? Auburn won a national title, then they played for another one. Oregon played for two national championships. But other than that, it was basically the Bama and Clemson show. And a lot of those Bama-Clemson shows were versus each other, right, in the national championship. We had them play for the national championship three times against each other. We had the semifinal matchup. They end up splitting those games two and two. Right, uh, Georgia made a national title game. 
Ohio State made a national title game. They won. So overall, great decade, right? Great decade for national titles. Great decade for New Year's Six games. And that's what college football is all about, right? It's about those games. It's about those moments. And we had a lot of great regular season games throughout the decades too. Tons of them, as every season gives us something special. Now, one thing I want to talk about real quick, this is specific to the national title game, but also the um, the semifinal game with Ohio State and Clemson, where we had two really controversial targeting penalties. And I'm honestly glad that these penalties happened on a big stage like that, because it's going to take a bad targeting call on a big stage to actually change a rule, right? No one cares on a Saturday when half the country's watching maybe a Pac-12 game and there's an egregious targeting penalty that's a terrible call. That's not going to help us get this thing changed. And these targeting penalties are ridiculous. Now, I'm an old school guy. I don't think it should be a penalty, period. I think it should go back to the old rule where, yeah, helmet-to-helmet contact, crown of the helmet, was always a penalty, right? In 1994, that was a penalty. In 2008, that was a penalty, but people understood the fact that when you play football, heads are going to meet. And as long as there's not like an evil looking intent, it wasn't a flag. It was just football. Now, intent doesn't matter if any part of your head hits any part of another player's head or if you have your head down, which is such a natural move to make in football, and you hit any part of someone's body, you are thrown out of the football game. You're done, right? And that is huge, right? Now, maybe some schools like these Bamas, Clemsons, Ohio States, you know, they have crazy depth. They can afford to have a starting linebacker, a starting defensive back go out, and it doesn't, it still affects them, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't affect them as much as maybe, you know, an Oklahoma State. They lose one of their starting defensive backs, they're in serious trouble. And ejecting, you eject a player when they disrespect the sport, right? When they fight, when they do something ridiculous, right? You kick a guy in the face. That's ridiculous. That's egregious. And you're thrown out of the football game. And when players get ejected in all other sports for any other reason other than this stupid targeting, it's not a joyous thing, right? Their coaches are pissed at them. The fans are pissed at them. They're getting booed off the field. And they're probably getting punished in some other way after the game is over, right? That's what an ejection is. Have you ever seen someone do a targeting foul get ejected and not get like clapped off the field by all of their teammates. Every player that gets ejected for targeting has that look like, well, this sucks. Nothing I could do. No coach has ever been mad at their player for targeting. There's obviously some examples where it was terrible, but like I said, in those examples, that would have been a penalty 10, 15 years ago before this terrible targeting rule. But 90% of the time when a targeting foul is called, no one's mad. Even the opposing team usually isn't like, oh, that was a dirty play. They're just like, oh, that's football. A player gets ejected. Everybody's kind of sad, right? And when the Ohio State defensive back got ejected for hitting Lawrence, I mean, guys, that that's a football play. And I know people want to argue like that's a bad call, good call. Unfortunately, we can't say that that was a bad call because by the letter of the law, what happened in the Ohio State game with their defensive back and what happened in the national title game with Clemson's linebacker by the rule that is unfortunately a foul right now. So it's not a bad call. It's a bad rule. The rule is terrible. It's terrible for the sport, 
right? It, if you look at data, it hasn't made the game any safer. There's no report that since targeting has been implemented that there's less concussions. No, football is a dangerous sport. If you play, you will get concussions, okay? And if you're not okay with that, don't play the sport. The PR people in the NFL and the sports, they're, they're trying to change the sport so they can go convince mothers in high school that this is a safe sport. It was never a safe sport. It will never be a safe sport, although it is safer now than it's ever been, right? And it's something that if you play for a long period of time, you're probably going to have some form of brain damage. That I knew that before we knew what CTE was. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know, hey, you play a sport like football, for like 17 years, you're probably damaging your brain. Like, no shit. You know, like, come on, right? And that's why you're seeing, like, guys, Luke Keekley, NFL linebacker, phenomenal NFL linebacker, one of my favorites to watch, he just retired at 28 years old because that's what the rules we need to be implementing in football. Instead of changing the game, because that's basically impossible, right? Unless you want to take the pads off, that's impossible. Just be smarter about, hey, I'm not going to play 16 years in the NFL. The Ray Lewis players are over because players don't want brain damage. Do you, I mean, would you rather live in a world where there's just more turnover in the sport? Or would you rather live in a world where, yeah, guys are playing longer, but it's not the sport you grew up watching? I don't know about you, but I'd rather just have more turnover. Now, I know maybe some players are like, well, I'd rather play longer, get a bigger paycheck, collect money more. I understand that. But sorry, that's not what this sport is, okay? It's the same reason why boxers don't fight every single week. You couldn't just get in a fist fight every week for a year and then do that for years on end. Like boxers, right? Like they fight like once or twice a year in big fights, right? Like UFC guys will fight a little bit more, right? I'm not super knowledgeable on, on these sports, these activities, but like that's how it goes, right? Because if you just get your face beat in by another dude's fist, you're going to be retarded eventually, it's not sustainable, right? So football, it's not sustainable to go out and get your head beat in in that sport either on a weekly, yearly basis. So I think rules like, hey, you only get to play so many snaps in a football game as a player, whether you're a quarterback, a lineman, whatever, you can't play more than X amount of snaps, right? Isn't that better for the sport? You would create more depth, right? Oh, my quarterback, if I run this up-tempo offense, I can't just have my quarterback play for 90 plays, because that's unsafe. I can't give a running back 41 carries because he he can't sustain that for a bunch of seasons, right? There's a reason why Alabama will get five NFL running backs on the same team. And you're thinking like, why would these guys do that? Why would you want to go be just another guy at Bama when you could like maybe go be the star of a smaller program, right? And still be on a good team, but you don't have to be one of six guys sharing carries at Bama. Think about it. It's because these guys care about their futures in the NFL, and they don't want 29, 30, 40 carries a game where by the time they get to the NFL, they're destroyed. Their bodies are destroyed. They want to go to a place like Bama where they're going to split carries with four other NFL guys, and they're all going to go to the NFL together and then start getting paid. So football needs to just change from that standpoint. Let's not let guys, linebackers, linemen, running backs play all these plays in a single football game and then they will be able to play longer right implement rules like that instead of saying we're going to change the way the game is played physically into another sport right it's just we're at a point now where every time a player delivers a big hit 
that player, even when he did nothing wrong, even when it's not targeting, right? He gets up and is immediately like, oh, shoot, was that targeting? Did I make a flag? It's like they can't even celebrate their hits anymore. Stop trying to take hits out of the game, okay? I know the NFL is all concerned, right? Oh, Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone, and they're worried people are going to stop. No one's going to stop watching football. It doesn't matter if you lose all your best players. But the NFL, because a lot of this trickles down from the NFL, right? They're, they're so worried about losing their best athletes, which are quarterbacks and receivers, that they make these guys untouchable. Fans will watch the sport if all the Odell Beckhams and all the Aaron Rodgers get injured we still love football. If you're the type of fan that doesn't enjoy football when Aaron Rodgers is out for the season, then you're not a football fan. You're just like a weird sports fan. Like, you're a bitch, in my opinion, right? Like, if you're a real basketball fan, you don't care if the Warriors are whatever, right? You just love basketball, right? If you're a football fan, you're not there to... It's like people this this week, right? The Super Bowl's coming up, and everybody's like, oh, I really hope it's... It's uh, the Kansas City versus San Fran or Aaron Rodgers, right? Just what you could sell, you know, oh, Mahomes versus Rodgers. No, if I'm a football fan, I don't care if Kansas City makes it or Tennessee makes it. Whoever makes the Super Bowl is the best Super Bowl because they're the teams that made it. I don't care if it's the team that's sexier, right, to the non-football audience. If you're a true football fan, you don't care if Kansas City makes a Super Bowl or Tennessee. It's going to be the Super Bowl and you're going to watch it and you're going to love it. Okay, it doesn't matter. Some of the best Super Bowls of my lifetime were the two where the Giants had like nine and seven regular seasons and made the Super Bowl against the Patriots, right? And it was a total David and Goliath matchup. And thankfully for us, it wasn't a blowout. The Giants won both of those games and they were both classics, but I don't care. It's same when like the NCAA basketball tournament. I don't care if all the one seeds make it. I don't care if a bunch of Cinderella's make it. The final four is the final four. Whoever makes it, I'm happy and enjoying the Final Four. Same with college football, like national championship games, right? Everybody's like, oh, I want this like super sexy matchup where like both teams come in undefeated, right? Kind of like last year with the Clemson, Alabama. It's like, no, like I just want all the games to be competitive and I want two teams to make the national championship game, to make the Super Bowl, to make the, the Final Four, whatever it is, and just be good. And whoever makes it, I'm going to appreciate and enjoy because I don't care about individual players, right? Like some people get too caught up in players and not teams right the way i look at college football any sport is it's like watching a season of a show right my favorite reality show is college football the characters are teams not the individual players on teams right obviously we need our personalities we need our coach o's we need our dabo sweeney's right we need our joe burrows like those guys are fun right your heisman winners your your big plays but lsu as a team was a character for me Clemson as a team was the character. Ohio State as a team, right? Whatever team made the playoff, I would be happy with, right? People are like, oh, like I don't want Baylor in the playoff. Like, it's Baylor. Well, if they're good enough to make the playoff, then they're Alabama. They're Clemson, right? They're, I don't care if your program carries this classic, sexy, like, established, you know, name behind you. I don't care if you're you know, a Michigan, an Alabama, an Ohio State, or if you're a Baylor, an Oregon, right, or whoever, right? It doesn't matter to me. If if Wake Forest wants to get really good one year and go make the, the college football playoff, like, that would be awesome. I wouldn't be like, oh, this isn't, like, as hyped because it's Wake Forest and I don't know all their players and they don't have a history and their brand isn't as cool, right, it, when that helmet goes up against that helmet. it's not as, No, like, I don't care about any of that stuff, and nobody should. You should be satisfied with whatever team is good enough to make those games. It's a juggernaut matchup. 
It's a juggernaut matchup because it's the national championship game. And if you get to the national championship game or a college football playoff or a Super Bowl or an NCAA basketball Final Four, you deserve to be there. And it's a good matchup, right? Um, so just enjoy that stuff. Enjoy it. Instead of getting so caught up in the crap. Um, anyway, that's all I really wanted to say. This is the final episode for a while. I know it wasn't a good one. I kind of just rambled about a bunch of different stuff of the decade. I had no structure to this episode. I'm literally just talking out of my butt right now. But thanks to everyone who listened this year. Definitely going to try my best to, to do this again next year. Keep this thing growing. You know, right now it's just a fun hobby for me. I enjoy talking and ranting about college football. Um, all these different topics and you know hopefully maybe one day this turns into something you know venturous for me and profitable so thanks to everyone who's listening um if you did enjoy the show this year or last year um email me at m kirkering k-e-r-k-e-r-i-n-g three just the number three at gmail.com that's m kirkering three at gmail.com and tell me what you liked about the show or what you didn't like about the show uh things you want me to talk about more talk about less like I'm open to whatever you guys want me to talk about, okay? So thanks again, everyone. It was an awesome year of college football, um, and I'll see you guys next year, next decade. Thanks.